hope everyone's had a good week this week. It is a bit hectic. As we come towards the end of the year, everybody thinks we need to do everything in four weeks that we should have done at the beginning of the year. So it's a bit crazy at work, but I, I praise God for the week that has, that has gone and the week that is coming. The readings this morning are part of the liturgical calendar for the third Sunday of Advent. And as I prayed and meditated on these readings, the Holy Spirit led me to prepare and share a couple of messages based on the theme of joy. In preparing for today, the quote that stood out for me is, joy always takes root within adversity. There is no other soil for it to grow in. It captured my attention because I'd always seen joy as a reaction or an emotion. However, as I reflected on Sephaniah and Paul's letter to the, to, to the Philippians, I see joy in a new way. So come with me as I explore the lessons we learn from Zephaniah and Paul in Philippians and see how we can understand joy as a superpower. Zephaniah is one of the prophets in the Old Testament and can be described as a prophet that imparts judgment and warning, as well as a prophet of hope, someone who, who foresees a new way of living. In today's reading, chapter 3, we hear a promise of salvation. We hear encouraging and happy phrases. I skipped over chapters 1 and 2. And perhaps that's why we see joy as the reaction. As humans, we start with the good. We don't want to dwell on our mistakes and weaknesses. And here's what I learned about the prophet Zephaniah. In chapters 1 and 2, Zephaniah is critical of King Manasseh, who has led Judah into an era of bloodshed and adultery. It was under the rule of Manasseh that allowed both the Assyrian and Babylonian empires to overtake and rule Jerusalem with their gods and their cultures. It was these empires that lured the Israelites into forgetting their history and God. So you see, out of this darkness and confusion described by Zephaniah in chapters 1 and 2, in today's reading, he proclaims there is a way back to the one true God. There is a way to restore our sacred relationship with God. In verses 14 and 13 of chapter 3, Zephaniah celebrates the joy of restoration with words like sing, shout aloud, be glad, and rejoice. We must exult in the Lord our Redeemer. We must rejoice because our King is in our midst. There is an expression of restoration. There is joy in adversity. In today's society, we could call Zephaniah makes a strong call to a self-absorbed 
culture to come back to reality. Yahweh, who made everything, calls everyone to him in humility for redemption. Zephaniah is a warning against false pride, trust in wealth, and false false gods. It is a call for humility before God. In our New Testament reading, Paul writes from prison to the church at Philippi. The joy that energized the community when Paul first proclaimed the gospel in their midst is waning, partly because of his prolonged absence. Thus, as sometimes happens during uncertain times, tensions have surfaced within the community. Paul writes an urgent note to your door and Cynthia, church co-leaders who seem to be at odds with one another, or perhaps even with him. Be of the, si- be of the same mind in the Lord. We are told both women have struggled beside Paul in the work of the gospel. Despite the reality that his death may be imminent, Paul writes with calm confidence he is at peace. So he insists during this time, until we see one another again, rejoice. In both Zephaniah and Philippians, joy is a discipline of perception. It's not an emotion dependent on circumstances. One writer calls it a response formed in those who can read the economy of God's activity in particular ways and are able to act in conformity with that unfolding story. The events in which we Christians read God's actions are not obvious and are often counterintuitive. For example, a prison cell is an unlikely outpost of God's mission. Christ being preached from corrupt motives is hardly desirable. A resignation of a church minister unexpectedly could be alarming. But Paul rejoices in these. Christian joy is subversive. It overturns threatening situations and frustrates those with selfish plans. Tyrants in every age have feared it because they do not understand its origin. Gentleness, in verse 5, chapter 3, may be better translated as forbearance, as in forbearance under opposition. In situations of opposition, Paul perceives another actor, God, whose gracious action is not self-evident. Joy is not an escape from the pain of life. It is a reconsideration and reinvestment in life from a different, liberating perspective. It comes naturally to Paul that prayer should be intimately associated with joy in the Lord. Prayer here is relationship with God, not a technique. 
by perceiving and rejoicing in a living, unexpected presence in the world, even in difficult situations, one lets go of being one's own saviour. The cornerstone of the passage is that the Lord is near. These words are not timeless platitudes like a message in a bottle. Opposition and struggle within the church and without form the context of this passage. Paul has the courage to name a particular situation dividing two women leaders in the church. As we begin our journey to find a new minister, I know some of us may be feeling anxious and tired. We have travelled this road before, and now we will be travelling with new people, a new presbytery convener, and new members of the settlement board. We know as a congregation we don't agree on all the things all the time. But joy always takes root within adversity, as there is no other soil for it to grow in. As we start this journey, let us all be thankful for our differences and argumentative selves. Paul's congregations gave him plenty of grief, but his joy is incomplete without the Philippians. Elsewhere, they are his joy. Paul constantly prays with joy for the Philippians. Paul's salvation itself hinges in part on the Philippians' faith. Let us remember Zephaniah calling us to turn to God in humility. I am excited and hopeful of the new journey ahead of us. My joy is intertwined with yours in the unfolding drama that God is working in all our lives, in all our weaknesses and strength. God is at work in our congregation in ways that God's action is perceived and announced. Today is the third Sunday of Advent. The birth of our Saviour is coming and we celebrate with thanksgiving and joy. We are joyful despite knowing his adversity. Let us share this same joy with what God has planned with us in finding a new minister. We are going to have different views and opinions, but as Paul says, instead of worrying about anything, we are to bring everything to God. The anythings and everythings of life can be sources of endless worry or the stuff of prayer. Either way, they are important. Like joy, prayer is not an escape, but a practice of regarding the same painful situation from another angle. One still open to multiple resolutions that God permits us to consider. Ironically, leaving worry behind means disciplined action and attention of a different sort, not numb acceptance of things as they are. 
Paul urges the Philippians to keep on doing the things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. These things include his viewing his struggle in prison as an opportunity for God, a struggle in which he sees the Philippians sharing. Our God sees our struggle. Let us at JUC share the struggle and together find journey and together find joy in the journey ahead. Amen.